Our blessed Lord tells us in the scriptures that the Holy Spirit is to come, the great giver of life, the one who proceeds forth from the Father and the Son. He comes to make his dwelling within us. It is good that the Son would leave, lest the Holy Spirit be delayed in coming. And it is good that the Holy Spirit come, lest we be abandoned, contrary to the will of the Father and the word of the Son. It is the Spirit who comes and makes his dwelling within us. For us, the holy baptism is the place in which the Spirit comes and finds rest within our soul. It makes of us a temple of the Holy Spirit, a dwelling place of God. In our confirmation, we receive the fullness of the Holy Spirit and his gifts and his graces that he pours out upon us to strengthen us for the battle, to strengthen us to go forth into the world and to live that image of Christ, that boldness of Christ, to which we are called as Christians. That spirit, of course, is given on this feast in Pentecost in the early church. Pentecost, the day in which the Spirit comes upon the apostles and that great wind, that great fire, that is indeed a fearsome and a holy thing, a joyful thing. And it comes upon the apostles in these various ways, and we see how they, they begin to, to speak in various tongues, and we know that numerous other gifts were poured forth upon them as well. To this we understand very clearly that the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are given to us, wisdom and knowledge, counsel and understanding, fortitude, piety, and fear of the Lord. These gifts are bestowed upon us by the Spirit, and he seeks that we open them up in a sense, to make use of them, to allow them to be effective within our lives, not to be wasted as simply put upon a shelf or set upon a closet, is to use these gifts that are given us by the Holy Spirit and thus to produce his fruits, because it is fruit also that the Holy Spirit desires to produce within us and from us. The 12 fruits of the Holy Spirit are love and peace, joy and patience, kindness, goodness, faith and modesty, temperance, chastity, mildness, and longanimity. These fruits are nourishment for our own souls, good for our salvation, proof of the Spirit's work, but also a grace to nourish other souls, to lead others to Christ. This is what the Holy Spirit would desire of us, to receive him and to allow him to do his work. Each year on the Feast of Pentecost, I'm reminded of one of my favorite paintings of Pentecost, the artist of which I've neglected, I've, I've forgotten the name, uh, but you can certainly do it with a, a quick Google search, and somebody showed me after Mass yesterday that they had in fact found it, and I said to myself, why were you Googling during Mass? Right? A different story, huh? But it was the fact that it's, it's easily found, but, but the point of, of, the, of this is that the painting itself images our Blessed Mother and the Apostles. Our Blessed Mother is standing there prominently in the center, and she is standing with just standing erect, just rejoicing. You can see the, the peace and the joy upon her face as the Holy Spirit is coming down with the wind and the fire all around. And she stands there with her, with her heart, with her hands over her heart, just rejoicing in the closeness of the Holy Spirit, her beloved spouse. And all around her are the Apostles, seemingly cowering in fear. They're all shrinking back, their hands oftentimes, you know, kind of in a, in a, in a fearsome posture. Their, their faces are, are shock or terror. And all of these things, they are, they are kind of uh, falling away, in a sense, as the Holy Spirit comes upon them, the tongues of fire resting above their heads. 
whether the apostles were, were fear, fearful in that moment or not, the art itself has always provided me a, a good reflection on how is it that we receive the Holy Spirit. Our Lady, of course, knew the Holy Spirit from the first. She knew His divine working within her in the incarnation of the Word of Flesh. We knew that, that Our Lady is, indeed, as we say, the spouse of the Holy Spirit, that she has this dynamic and intimate relationship with the third person, the Blessed Trinity, that she knows His voice. And that's why one can easily understand that at Pentecost there would have been much peace, even though there would have been great wind and fire. It makes sense that Our Lady would be at peace, because she knew who was coming to her, and she knew how it is that He would be manifest. The apostles certainly might be the ones who would be caught off guard, in a sense, not having such that intimate experience as Our Lady had. But nonetheless, they received the Holy Spirit. The question is, are we open to the Holy Spirit and to receiving Him, to allowing Him to work within us, to be able to to be stirred up within us? The Holy Spirit that came and, and presented Himself to the apostles, that poured Himself into the hearts of the apostles, he was not, it is the same Spirit that we receive today. Of old, He transformed hearts and converted thousands at a single time. Of old, He worked miracles, and He led the apostles forth who had, had been cowering in fear and been holed up among themselves, certainly waiting and anticipating an expectation of these things, but not knowing what would take place, and then compelling them to go forth, and even to the point of rejoicing to be able to suffer for the name of the Lord. They were compelled by this divine spirit to to live those gifts, to open up those gifts for the conversion of the world. And that same Holy Spirit has come to us. The only question is, are we docile to him? Are we willing to let him change us, compel us? Are we willing to use the gifts that have been entrusted to our care, the talents given to us, so to speak, by the Master, to show them forth and to allow that fruit to to be born from us? To do this, of course, we must have also that relationship with the Holy Spirit, because for us to follow His Word, we must know His voice. And this happens only by listening frequently, attentively. To that end, there's a wonderful prayer which I hope many of you know, and if you don't know it, you'll have heard it here shortly. It's called The Secret of Sanctity. It's a prayer that, that invites us to listen to the Holy Spirit and to be able to rest in Him, to know that He is with us. I think it was Cardinal Mercier in the early, party, early, early part of the 20th century who, reflecting on this, he wrote this simply. I'm going to reveal to you the secret of sanctity and happiness. Every day, for five minutes, control your imagination. Close your eyes to all the noises of the world in order to enter into yourself. Then, in the sanctuary of your baptized soul, which is the temple of the Divine Spirit, speak to that Spirit, saying to Him, O Holy Spirit, beloved of my soul, I adore you. Enlighten me, guide me, strengthen me, console me. Tell me what I should do. Give me your orders. I promise to submit myself to all that you desire of me and to accept all that you permit to happen to me. Let me only know your will. Continuing, he says, if you do this, 
Your life will flow along happily, serenely, and full of consolation, even in the midst of trials. Grace will be proportioned to the trial, giving you the strength to carry it, and you will arrive at the gate of paradise laden with merit. This submission to the Holy Spirit is the secret of sanctity. And so is this that the Lord would have us today, to have us to submit ourselves to the Holy Spirit, to be docile to his word and to his works within us, to make use of the gifts given to us, and to pray that by continuous closeness to him and responsiveness to him, that there may be forth from us much fruit.